All right, here we go in three, two, one. February 27th, 2022. It's me. It's me. It's your favorite PhD that ain't using his degree. On the line, two very special gentlemen, one you know and love, one we hopefully you remember. First and foremost, Mr. Fermi, welcome back to your Anonymous Gamers podcast. Thanks, Goose. Happy to be back. It's been a while since we chatted because of football being over, but I'm, I'm smelling some March Madness and happy to happy to chat about it. Looking Ab- forward to it. Absolutely outstanding. And we're going to do this for the second time. Remember, that might have been the forewarning, ladies and gentlemen, because the last time we had Brian on the podcast talking about his CTC, he had a global pandemic that followed him. Brian, are you alive and are you clear right now? Are we good to go? I feel good. Do you hear me? We can hear you now. Thank good. Let's awesome. let's not jinx it. Like I said, in 2020, uh, there was a pandemic. In 2021, I was hospitalized with COVID. We're not doing it again, Brian. Three things I need out of you, brother. First thing, actually, I'll narrow it down to two. Please tell us what the CTC stands for, and tell us a little history about it. And number two, tell us how excited you are for this process to kick back up again. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I'll answer the second one first. Um, anyone who's listening to this probably knows, probably feels the same way, but it's one of those, like, you don't know what you have till you lose it. I think we did know what we had, but having 2020 stripped away from us, um, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, I don't want to make it out to be like, you know, the worst thing that happened was losing some basketball, but um, obviously there's some real life stuff out there, but uh, it was it was pretty painful and um, for all college basketball fans to have, for it to happen. Obviously, it's no good time for a pandemic, but for it to happen in the middle of March um, was just kind of a kick in the balls if you're a big college hoops fan. So, um, so yeah. So once we lost it, 2020, 2021 was kind of a you know interesting year with no fans and um, a whole bunch of games getting canceled. You know, teams playing like ten games in a season. Uh, it's obviously not back to complete normalcy. There's some strange conference races and stuff, but, but this felt a lot more like 2019 than it did 2021. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously very pumped for, for what's about to happen. And for those who don't know, can you please tell us what the CTC stands for again? Uh, 100%. Uh, CTC is Conference Tournament uh, Challenge, so we, we've done it every year. Just a quick history. So, um, it started, I guess, in like the, the third floor of my, my house growing up with my brother and my cousin. Um, probably was 13, 14 years old. We're like, you know, the uh, we always love filling out the brackets, as everybody does, for the you know, the big dance or whatever, but we're like, you know, there's all these other conference tournaments. They also have brackets. Why are we not filling this out? Um, so, you know, it was a long time before internet. You know, this is probably the 90s. So uh, we just decided to start with the three of us being like, hey, let's see who's better at all of these conference tournaments. And so we fill out the Big East bracket, we fill out the ACC bracket, score it just like the tournament. Um, and it, it sort of, you know, first year we did it was just the major to- the conferences. And then we're like, well, we've got all these other ones. Why don't we do all them? So, it just sort of grew from there and snowballed. So, um, again, the, the way it, the, what it's turned into now, I, I could have obviously never imagined. I mean, I'm not going to pretend it's some whatever, but it, it certainly grew from a, a three-man, let's do a Big East tournament, to um, we do all 32 leagues. Uh, we have upset points. We have different, obviously different points for the different rounds. Um, each tournament is weighted. So, you know, the... The Big 12 and the Big 10 are like worth five times what like the MIAC or the SWAC are. So um, obviously you need to know all the little conferences if you really want to do well. But, you know, all the juicy points are in the, the conferences that even the, the casual fan follows. Um, and, you know, it's so crazy in March that like 
you know, you gotta know what you're doing to, to really do well, but you don't need to know what you're doing to, to have fun with it. And, um, and we, you know, I try to keep track of just, just for the fun of it, I try to keep track of, uh, you know, who wins each individual conference, how much, how many times they've done it over the years. So I think in about 2008, it was back to where my, my records start. So this probably started as like a sort of a pipe dream in the nineties and grew to just family and friends on paper. Um, you know, now we got Excel and the internet. So, um, about 2008, I started it up like for real tracking it. Um, and it's just, it just grows every year. Uh, we've had as many as like 60 some people, um, many of whom I only know through the CTC now, which is very weird to me because I didn't grow up with that, uh, the anonymous internet friends, but, um, but it, it, it's great. And it uh, people seem to love it. I certainly love it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if that sort of gave a good synopsis. It does. So I heard about it through Strix and Fermi. And so I didn't even really know Fermi that well. Like Fermi was on our flag football team in college when we won a flag football who gives a crap in the middle of the state of Pennsylvania. And, you know, he just used to push me in front of dudes and I just used to get creamed by, you know, three large linemen and Fermi would go score a touchdown. But Fermi, you know, just looking looking at the CTC, tell me one of your favorite things about it because I know what my favorite is and I, I think you have the same as mine. So go ahead. Yeah, certainly. So... What, what Sim failed to mention is the daily updates with the, the game previews, which is in-depth to say the very, very least. Um, it's something that you would see by pulling up a, a preview of every game on ESPN.com. Maybe it's even better than that, to be completely honest. Um, very in-depth analysis, which we appreciate you for, Sim, and it makes it so much fun to follow um, the games while, while they're happening. And, you know... Games are tipping off at noon, almost daily during these next two weeks when these conference tournaments tip off. So it's it's just it makes it so much fun to follow and and score and it's like March Madness for an extended two week period of time. I mean, it's legit. Like you could probably charge everyone an extra ten dollars to be like, hey, listen, I'm taking probably four hours out of my life a day to do this, and I don't think anyone would argue with you. I mean, yeah, we certainly would not. No, it's it's the the, the write ups, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, here's the crazy part: you can play this thing for free, or as he likes to call it, shekels. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's insane the amount of content and information. Like, if you don't know anything about the Patriot League, or you don't know anything about the A Sun League, or you don't know anything about call pick a league that you have no idea. The Big South, the Sun Belt, the WCC, it doesn't matter. He's got names, he's got tempo, he's got scoring, he's got it all. And he even plays some lines in the favorites. He's like, hey, this team's the favorite, they're looking here, but they're the underdog. Brian, you have to take a minute or two and just explain how you go through this entire process and how you get this information because the average gambler that's listening, that's getting ready, that's not watching these conference tournaments, they're going to come across a lot of teams real fast. And as you're starting to fill out a bracket, you just can't listen to what's on television. So please, how do you do all this? And how do you then basically disaggregate all that information and just say, here, this is what's important, this is what matters? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, first of all, to the point of, of the game, right? Like, I really do want to... I mean, it, this is for the, the guys who do it. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a labor of love kind of thing. So... I, if, if you guys are taking the time to fill the brackets and you love college basketball like I do, like, in the CTC, I want to give people sort of a, here's the game preview. I want people to be able to watch the game, have a little bit of background on who's the best player on Wagner, you know, 
and like what to look for. Are they a defensive team? Are they an offensive team? Um, so they can watch the game and enjoy it. And then also like a little write up of like, hey, if, if you know this upset hits, you know these four people are gonna love it. You know, so I try to make it personalized because um, you know started with family and friends, and it's still kind of like a CTC family. So um, yeah, to that point, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that the write ups like help you guys enjoy the games because that's really the goal of it. Like. Yeah, like you said, I'm not doing this to spend money. Like I just, I wanna, I love doing it, and uh, I really want to try to write up what people are interested in. So that's number one. The, the question about how to disaggregate all the information out there is a good one. Um, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of a question for all of life, right? Um, but I, I think that so a lot, obviously um, I lean a lot on the on the tempo free statistics like Kempom or Torvik or um, sites like that. Um, but you, you can't you can't learn from this. So obviously, they're they're the, the foundation, they're the, the tree trunk, right? But you can't you can't have a you know full. I don't know where I'm going with the metaphor, but you can't do it all with those. Um, you also need to you know then you look at the basic statistics. I think because we all understand them. Um, I mean, I could talk to you about uh, e field goal rate or you know like turnover percentage, which is how many times you turn the ball over in a in a possession that you're in the game. But but you guys, you know, not even you guys like me too. I still think of it as, you know, points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game. So I don't shy away from that um, because it puts it in, in context in a way. So I try to use both the tempo-free sort of quote-unquote advanced analytics and the basic ones that we all can contextualize with, with you know, historical people or, or even just, hey, I'm watching a game. Do I expect him to score 10 or 20? Um, but then it's also, but you can't do it as far as like, how do you do this for, for like gambling purposes? I don't. I really don't think. I don't mean this anyway. I don't think you can parachute in and say, "Hey, I got the the Ken Palm page up for Georgia Southern, and I got the Ken Palm page up for Troy. Uh, let me see who's going to win." Um, I, like I, I do follow it all year, and you know, I'm not a huge like eye test fan. I don't say like you have to watch the team to understand them, but I do think you have to, especially for gambling purposes. You got to follow trends. You got to see like who's playing well when. So. Um, I mean, I check in throughout the year, um, pretty much on every conference every couple of days, and what's been going on, conference races, I mean, and especially during COVID times when you can tell um, teams like Georgia State, who start off like 0-7 in conference, people write them on, I don't know if they're 0-7, but they're 0-whatever in conference, people write them off, but they were missing half their team for COVID, so um, all of a sudden now you look up in, in March and they've won seven in a row and they're probably going to win a tournament, so... Um, which is, I mean, if you're go, if this is a gambling angle, like I think that's a huge sort of angle that you can take because a lot of times people are swooping in right now. They're looking at the season-long statistics. They're not taking it as a the games aren't being played as the aggregate of your team over the last three months, which is what the statistics are. The games are replaying, you know, today on March or February twenty seventh. So, what is your team like on February twenty seventh? Not what is the average team on, you know. That makes any sense. So it makes um, a ton of sense, <laughs> and this is why we brought you on, Fermi. You have any anecdotes to add to that? As a two-time NEC champion, one-time perfect in 2021. <laughs> I don't have much to add to that. I mean, he's 100% right. And thanks for the reminder because I did not know I won the NEC twice, but um, the best that happened to lock my brackets. So you actually hold the record for all-time points. Exactly. You. you <laughs> were in the morning early, so... Fermi, you, you, you have the record. You have the all-time points on that, 98. And was it... Did I get one wrong that particular season? No, I mean, you, are, you were perfect last year. Perfect. Wow, love it. It's written in there. That's funny, right? 
That's called luck. Yeah, it must be because I live down the road from uh, Mount St. Mary's. Well, and, and see, I won that thing in 2015, but I was tied. I have a lot of ties. Like, I tied in two years in the Atlantic Sun, and then I had a... What did I have a perfect... Oh, I had a perfect in the, in the West Coast. Um, in in 2021, I must have I must have been blacked out on uh, Remdesivir at that point. Um, I I wonder, um, Fermi. I, I have like two questions, but go ahead go ahead give him one of your questions first uh, before we start breaking down some of his favorite small conferences. Yeah, well, I was I was actually going to ask about mid majors, so let me kick it off. Just in in terms of I'm, I'm talking more March Madness now, Sim. Um, mm-hmm. What mid-majors do you think are sort of poised for a deep run this year? Um, I, have a, I have a very short list of potential mid-majors, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kick it over to you and see who you'd like to make a couple. And not win it all, of course, but who's the loyal Chicago? You know, who's going to make the run? Davidson of Steph Curry's time. Yeah, I mean, it, there's... And you know I love talking mid major, so um, thanks for the question. Uh, <laughs> um, there, there's a di- sort of a different um, angle you look at. Like I love the, the mid and low majors, I do, but I'm not sort of naive or delusional to think that like these guys can go in and, and you know beat the best teams from the Big Ten. Like I, I really, some people are. Some people love the mid majors, get all delusional, and they they look at them dominating the you know, the Big South, and they're like, wow, Winthrop's going to the Elite Eight. And it's like, Winthrop's great in the Big South, but come on, like, things like that. So yeah. I think I, I kind of think of mid-majors in, in two sort of categories as far as March Spanish, or I guess three. One is, like, legit, they're, they can play with the big boys um, and maybe make a run a la Loyola Chicago uh, or George Mason that year, or, you know, throw in your, your mid-majors that went far. Then there's, I think, another category where they're probably not making the Sweet 16, but watch out. Um, you know, if you if you get the right matchup, um, they could probably be you know a fifty fifty, maybe even a favorite over a big team that everyone's going to be picking. And there's this third the third one where it's like they are so good they're dominating their conference. As soon as they get on the floor with an Alabama, they're going to get run off the floor. And, um, I think subconsciously I said Alabama because that's how I feel about Colgate. I love Colgate. I love them. I love them last year. I love them this year. I think they're phenomenal, but uh, they're not going to beat an SEC team. I mean, I say that now they probably will, but it's it's so. To answer your question, I think specifically, I think the, the, the big part for filling out brackets or betting is differentiating between the second and the third group I talked about there. Yeah, the teams like Colgate, who run the fast tempo, and they have better players than the whole rest of the Patriot League, and they just run off the score on them, and they score at will, those teams are great for winning conferences and great for winning conference tournaments. And I love them, trust me. I hope they win. But, but if they go up against like they did in Alabama last year, they played their best game and still lost by 10, right? And um, because... Th- that style just doesn't hold up for an upset. But uh, but the difference between that sort of third level and the second level on a team, and the team I throw out here is like, like, like Chattanooga, or last year you saw Liberty win, you saw North Texas win in a tournament, right? So what do all these teams have in common? It's a slower pace, it's a defense-oriented, it's it's a you know one or two big-time three-point shooters because... If they don't have inside play that can hold up to the major conferences, or they'd be playing in the major conferences, right? But you can find your little guards like Darius McGee at Liberty or uh, whatever that kid uh, at North Texas last year was. Um, that that can that can win you a game if you have solid defense and sort of a slow tempo to sort of reduce the variance. Not to get too mathematical, but like the the variance is huge when you when you're an underdog, right? If, if you're going to play 100 possessions, the better team's more likely to win than if you're going to play 60 possessions, right? I mean, it's. Yeah. Um, 
So, and that's what leads me to a team like Chattanooga or, um, you know, Liberty again, or sort of a Jacksonville State. Um, teams that that focus on the defensive end um, a little bit more than the offensive end, and they slow it down. Um, so, I don't know if Chattanooga's going to come out of SoCon. It's so good. But if they do, I would, I do not. I mean, that, that's the one team that just jumps out at me as far as, you know, a 13-4 upset um, or a 12-5, depending on where they're seated, uh, depending on the match. It, it has all matchup driven also. And then, so, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you had something there, but I wanted to have, talk about that first group, too, as far as teams that actually can do it. For yeah, me? And, yeah, because I was just, just going to say, as sort of a follow-up, your, your point's spot on, Sim. I mean, Colgate right now is penciled in from Lunardi as a 15-seat going up against Purdue. You know, realistically, that's, you know, they have Purdue will wipe the floor with them. Yeah, 2% chance of winning that game. You know what I mean? So, 100% agree. I, I like the Chattanooga play. Um, I, I'm intrigued by Vermont. I just, I think they, they're a good squad, of course, um, in America East and stuff, but I, I don't think they can hang with a lot of these. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yes. I, I agree. They'll probably get out athlete. I mean, they're, they're like true shooting percentages are off the charts. So, I mean, they got one awesome player in Davis surrounded by lights out shooters. Um, so who knows? But yeah, I, I generally agree. I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a ticket on, on UAB, Chattanooga, Towson, a team like that, than I would on a Vermont, as much as I love them. Yeah, yeah so well, good then, call. And then, of course, spread betting is a whole other facet here. I mean, these teams that, like, Colgate is might be a great play to cover the spread, but of course it's right. not a great line pick, because they could be getting 20 or 15, you know what I mean? So, that's, that's part of this discussion, and I appreciate the, the thought. I mean, it's it's a great point. Yeah. So if I'm you're looking for winners. Look for the the Liberties and the Chattanoogas and the and the UABs. If you're looking for spreads, you're right. The Vermonts and the Colgates are going to be better than people think they are, but they're probably exactly. have a chance to win. So great point. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. I'm curious, Sim. So I'm going to read the 14 scenes. I used Heat Check College Basketball. Um, Fermi was using um, he's using Lenardi. So maybe we'll have some different teams. So Fermi, listen to the teams I list that are the mid majors that uh, Heat Check has, and then you can give Lenardi's. And we'll go with the 14 seeds. And Brian, just tell us the team that you think is the best value. So mind you, now when I talk value, I'm talking two types of value. One is for um, for the Calcutta that we're doing, okay? And that's where you buy a team, and as they advance, they get more money. So it's based on wins. Then the other value may be, you could pick one. You could say, I think that team could cover the spread depending on the opponent or over-under. The over-under is probably easy. That's one thing I love. You can be like, look, this team's going to slow the, the pace down. It doesn't matter who they play. Or this team's going to run up and down the court. It doesn't matter. So I'll do the first four that I have. Uh, the four teams that these guys have are Toledo, Yale, Texas State, and Montana State. What team sticks out to you there in, in those mid-majors? I mean, if, if there's a 14 tournament between those two, all my money's on Toledo, and I'm not picking twice. Um, I think that's definitely the best of the four, those four teams. I think Toledo's excellent. But as we talked about, I don't, I mean, they, but Toledo, I think it's a pretty fast, it's a fast sort of offensive-laden team in a, in a down Mac. Um, I think they're the best of the four teams, but I don't know if they'd be the best chance to pull off the upset. Um, I like Yale too. Uh, Yale would probably, again, it's all dependent on matchups, but if you told me which one, I would pick Toledo to beat Yale on a neutral court without a doubt, but I might think that Yale would have a better chance of upsetting a three seed. Um, I'm not sold on Montana State. I think there's, there's 
three or four better teams in the in the Big Sky. Um, and what was what was the fourth team? Sorry. Uh, Texas State from the Sun Belt. Oh, Texas State. That's that's another good one as far as um, a pretty slowed down defensive oriented team. Um, and memory serves. So uh, they're they're a much more veteran team. I like the Texas State team as far as a potential upset. Again, I don't think they're going to beat Toledo or Yale on a neutral court, but the Sun Belt's a good league, and they've definitely been the best of it. So. Um, I would not mind taking a flyer on a Texas State upset um, if you're looking for one, but but again, they're as far as covering the spread, they could also they could also lose by thirty. Um, if, I mean, if they're up against the who's the three seed that they got in it? In, in this one, it's Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's not you know a blow you out kind of tempo team, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin took you know seventy five fifty or something like that against Texas State, or you know Texas State slows down and wins by two. So to, to Fermi's point, which is an excellent one, is if you're looking for, for sort of gambling edges on these uh, low-major, mid-major upsets, look for the teams that slow it down and play defense as a potential money line, and look for the teams like the Colgates or the Toledos to maybe cover a spread as opposed to a money line bet. Fermi, any additional four teams that you have on yours? So we overlap on the Texas State, uh, Montana State, but the other two four teams Lenore has right now are Northern Iowa and Wagner. Um, I know, Sim, you mentioned Wagner early, so uh, what are your thoughts on those two squads? I mean, I love Wagner. Um, I, I have, I have a, sort of a pet team every year, and, and Wagner's my pet team this year, um, but I don't love them to do anything in the tournament. Uh, I mean, I w- I'll watch a Wagner game every day of the week. They're, they're incredibly <laughs> fun to have. They have an old-school New York City point guard who's pass first. They have like a 6'9", 260-pound center who just takes up the lane and they have three six six wings who can shoot like it's just fun they like to run um they don't play a ton of defense they're actually good defense but they don't really seem to care much about it. they love to get up and down the court like i, I know it's crazy to say this because the nec and it's you know high school gyms and you know barely on tv but if you can catch a wagner game do it they're awesome wagner bryant is incredible i hope that that happens in the nc final um but i don't think Bryant maybe even probably a better. I, don't, I think Wagner's probably a better team, but I think Bryant has a better chance of beating someone better. Um, I don't know. That said, Wagner, I mean, they've already, they, did they beat Maryland or they, they stayed with Maryland? I think they beat someone else. Um, I think they beat BCU earlier in the year. So they have some nice sort of pelts on the wall, but um, and I love them, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be picking them to pull off any upsets. So you talked about Colgate. There are 15 on mine with Jacksonville State, Longwood, and Long Beach State. Looking at the 13s, you said you like Chattanooga, but in this heat check, mm-hmm. there's Chattanooga, South Dakota State, Vermont, and New Mexico State. So, of those, are you going to ride with Chattanooga, or is Vermont more your team here? Uh, I might look at New Mexico State. They oh. have they have like high major players. Um, they got what uh, either Timmy Allen or Teddy Allen, whichever one's not at Texas. One of the brothers, um, the guy who came from Nebraska. I think he was a Big Ten leading scorer last year. He's at New Mexico State in the WAC. So. Um, they play a tough schedule. Uh, that team is one of those. They're kind of a combination. And I know. I'm, I hope I'm not talking in circles, but um, I think they're good enough to play up tempo with a big boy. So if you're talking about to that, first, they might even be in that first category where it's like I wouldn't be shocked to see them in a Sweet 16. Um, in you know, along with the likes of a, a couple of those Valley teams like Loyola. Um, and you know any of those Mountain West teams are awesome if, if they are considered a uh, mid-major. But yeah, I like I like Mexico State a lot. Um, yeah, Fermi, any, Fermi, any different looks there on your thirteens? 
So I got Toledo, which is seven touchdowns.